Prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is the Legend of Retro. Welcome to this week's Legend of Retro podcast. I am your foul friend, Chops, and with me, as always, is my slithering snake, Craig. Uh, how's it going, uh, Chops? Yeah, do you like being called Snake? I figured you're more of a lizard guy. No? Yes, that's true. Is it? Is yeah. it really? You like lizards? No, I do like lizards. Okay. Snakes, I'm, lizards, I'm amphibians. not really a bird guy, but I, I like uh, I like dogs. Yeah. Um. So what are we doing today, my <laughs> this doggy nothing, friend? This has nothing to do with the with the game, <laughs> other than it being Quack Shot starring Donald Duck. That's where I get the foul reference from. Get I get it? I get it. Foul because like a like a bird creature. I, yeah, I get it. I get it. <clears throat> so this was released by Sega for the Sega Genesis on December nineteenth, nineteen ninety one. This adventure platformer tells the story of Donald Duck hunting down a legendary treasure all the while. Pete seeks to take the treasure for himself. That darn Pete. I think this is the first time Pete and Donald Duck were ever really enemies, too. Yeah, no, I mean, that's fair. Well, like, except for when Donald is probably with Mickey in their that's adventures. Fair. Yeah, that's fair. But do you know what the name of this is in Japan? Uh, you know what? I looked it up, and it has a ridiculous name. It does. It's like, it, it, is, I, it is, I love Donald Duck, and then it's just like, uh, Guruzia Oi no Hyu. And, Which but, is the treasure of Gruzia. Right. But I just love this. I love Donald Duck. <laughs> I love Donald Duck. <laughs> it's so funny to I, me. I do love Donald Duck. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't love Donald Duck? This wascally guy without pants on. Wascally? Yeah. Was he a rabbit? No, he's a duck. <laughs> uh, but it's a platformer game, and, it, and it's, 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 it's like the cutest game I think I've ever played. Okay, so before we go anywhere, yeah. before we dive into history, before, before we, we dive, dive into, into gameplay, how much we love Donald Duck, before we dive into <laughs> how much we love Donald Duck, this game looks amazing. It for a Sega game, and even like now, like it it just looks really good. A lot of the Disney games around that time, Disney really, really was was very strict about what the game looked like. I could see that. Well, their their products are mm-hmm. defined on their characters, so they have are, to look yeah. like or as close to the characters as possible. The backgrounds are gorgeous. Yes. Uh, Donald has a lot of character. So, like, even when Donald is just standing there, he, like, taps his foot. He gives kind of, a, like, a, a sideways He's kind of glance. He's got those mannerisms, those Donald Duck mannerisms. And they're from the cartoon. Uh, like, that's the thing is, like, you if you look at all these old, old Donald Duck cartoons from yeah. back in the day, like the, the 40s and 50s and stuff. He's a surly sailor. He is very surly. Like yes. Donald Duck has always been really, really angry <laughs> yes. and excitable. Yes. And he's so much more relatable than Mickey Mouse because of that. Because like Mickey Mouse is just like, oh, I want to be your friend. Oh. Yeah. You know, Donald <laughs> Duck is just anger. So so my nephew Felix mm-hmm. reminds me of Mickey because he is the happiest kid. Like he's just like weirdly happy all the time. Ah, the weight of the world has not crushed his but, spirits yet. But he's a mix of like Mickey and the Tasmanian devil because he just like <laughs> has like no fear for like bodily harm and is just like plows into things. He'll climb all over you, smiling. Like it's just a weird mix. But I'm always bothered by people who are just like absolutely happy. It, I don't trust it. 
So I'm very, I'm very untrusting to this kid. Like, what are you scheming, kid? Like, you're happy for a reason. What are you scheming? And Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse gives me that feeling. That's why yeah. I like Donald better because he's real. He's a real duck. Mickey is a little harder to relate to. Yeah. He's 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 very uh, he's a stereotype like a. It's just super... I mean of, of the era, I guess. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, you know, he he. They never really gave a lot of. Uh, I mean, I can't say they didn't give a lot of personality to him. It's just that, like, you know, the worst thing ever that happens to him, and he's just like, oh, oh no. And it's like, yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, all right. I mean, Donald Duck could be cursing and, like, you know, throwing, throwing things. His hat yeah. and kicking dirt. And punching people. And getting and, wet. I don't know. Like, yeah. He's weird like that. But, mm-hmm. yeah, this game, it, it does a an amazing job of identifying Donald Duck. And I like that it's, like, <laughs> it, it came out after DuckTales, I think. Yeah, yeah, would have been after DuckTales. And it's like a continuation of the the duck trope of, like, treasure hunters or, like, uh, thrill seekers. Well, we're going to get into that. There's there's more history to this Donald Duck being an adventurer than you might think. Oh, okay. Uh, Now, do we want to get into that now or later? I mean, we can get into it now. You want to get into it now? We can get into it now. Uh, That sounds quacktastic. (laughs) (laughs) So, I... So the the big thing to to keep in mind here is that uh, the Ducktales itself, you know, it's it's you know kind of revolutionary in that it's an adventure series involving Donald Duck's family and and yeah, stuff. Scrooge right? McDuck, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. But is it revolutionary? Um, it, what do you mean? It it's not that revolutionary. Why? It's his adventuring family. You're talking about like Swiss Family Robinson, that kind of thing. No, I'm talking about the comics. Carl oh. Barks. Uh, who was hailed as uh, the Hans Christian Andersen of comics? By... How often do you hear that? Uh, like never. <laughs> uh, like never. 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 Uh, I believe it. I don't was... think anybody knows who Hans Christian Andersen is. Well, they should, right? Should they, Craig? I mean, yeah. Nowadays, kids these days. Uh, well, maybe not, but they should. <laughs> Uh, but no, he he uh, uh, was a, an amazing comic author, and he really, really is the one who who kind of uh, injected a lot of personality into Donald Duck, and also created, uh, or maybe not created, but at the very least made use of very effectively Scrooge McDuck. Mm-hmm. He made Donald Duck comics, and he made Scrooge comics, and basically, like these comics are what inspired Ducktales. Because it's a lot of like high flying adventure, yeah, the going off on treasure hunts. It's and st- it's, it's comics of the like, 50s and 60s of like your safari adventure or your yep. your treasure hunter, mm-hmm. your detective comics. Like yep. it's all those kind of tropes boiled down into Ducktales with ducks. And honestly, Carl Barks's work work still holds up pretty well. I would say so. Yeah, because it's it's a little bit more wholesome. It, it, they've, degree, got, sure. they've got a bit of slapstick to it, mm-hmm. and you know, you know what's gonna ha- like, like with a lot of comics of that era. You know what's gonna happen mm-hmm. as soon as you read what the plot is of the, like the first. You have an cell. idea, yeah. You're like, okay, they're gonna go get the treasure. They're gonna get stopped, and then they're gonna get the treasure, and the bad guy's gonna lose. And they're gonna be on top, but they're gonna do something nice with the treasure, like I don't know, donate it or or help the poor. Like, like there's those tropes that you're gonna get. Sure, sure. And you you get that with Ducktales, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the the Ducktales itself is very heavily inspired by these old comics yeah. and stuff. And so, and that's what I. Uh, uh, 
I love Donald Duck is uh, uh, is all so about. Weird. Uh, yeah, Quackshot is all about that uh, uh, the adventures that Carl Barks sort of uh, started. And in fact, Carl Barks is uh, the one who created Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Uh, Flintheart Glomgold. He created so many he, of these characters. Did he create um, Launchpad? No, I think Launchpad was only for the cartoon originally. Oh, okay, okay. I think he was made for the cartoon. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he's I could be crazy. Favorites. Launchpad's fun. Yeah, he's a, he's a great character. Uh, but uh, you also had like Magic of Dispel was made by him, and so like you know, it's he deserves so much credit. For, for sort of making this weird kind of high adventure universe in, in using it like a well, like you know a Disney character well and, it, and it's like so weird the character Donald Duck and black and white Disney cartoons being an adventurer yeah if you look like, back at like the old like what was it the uh the orphans uh uh rec- like the recital for orphans or whatever yeah, his yeah. first appearance if you look back at that cartoon and like if you went in a time machine you were like hey i bet this guy's gonna go on some high-flying adventures where he hunts for treasure mm. they're gonna be like good <laughs> no. sir you're an idiot he's he is a scrooge in those early comics. Oh, yeah. He's in just cantankerous. Yeah, yeah. Mean. He, and, and, yeah, just to see. Picks fights with orphans. Right. And it's just to see him change into this, like, adventurers. I, I think it's fun. Yeah. Um, it, 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 like, all I can think of is Darkwing Duck now because, like, that's another weird trope that that they just throw mm-hmm. on, on uh, Donald as well. Well, um, not Donald Duck, or, but like um, the characters y- y- of that. Y- universe. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I mean of the, of the, the Donald universe. Duck universe. Yeah, <laughs> the Donald Duckiverse. <laughs> the Donald Duckiverse. <laughs> Man, I wish I lived in the Donald Duckiverse. Uh, Ooh, what would you? Would you be a duck in the Donald Duckiverse, or would you be like one of the cat bosses? Probably a lizard. Probably a lizard. Yeah, probably like some lizard villain guy. I'd probably be that happy, annoying dog neighbor. <laughs> The guy just like shows up and like says something stupid. But the neighbors of Donald Duck. One is me as a lizard, just miserable <laughs> yeah. and angry all the time. And then you're the dog who's yeah. just like, "Hey, hey, guys, hey what's Mr. Going Duck. On? Hey, Mr. Duck, how's it going? Want to go play fetch? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Let's get in the game. I think we sure, sure, do sure. It's a platformer. Oh, oh, first, when did you first play this game? Oh, I played this as a kid. Um, ninety-one. So I was, I can't do math. Five. Around five? Five years old. I don't think I played it at five, but I played it as a young child. So you probably played it within about a year of it coming out? Probably. Well, six. Would I be able to play a game like that at six? Maybe not very well, but probably yeah. to a degree. I, I remember playing one of my earliest memories is playing it as a young kid. Mm-hmm. And I think it was, and it's because of, of, of some reviews on it, but it's it's an easy game to play. Oh, yeah. It's the controls are pretty nice. Yeah. And it's it has multiple like levels. So you're... And you get to choose which one you want to start out with in the beginning. Even though there's a certain way to beat it, you get to choose. And I think up front with it being easy and immediately getting these different aspects of the game mm-hmm. really appealed to me as a kid. Because then I could be like, oh, I don't like this level. Reset. I'm going to play at this level. Oh, yeah. I don't like the level. Reset. I'm playing this level. And I didn't really have to like solve anything. I just played on the levels and just yeah. had fun with it. Because uh-huh. you get to shoot a plunger and you have like a popcorn shotgun and like uh, bubble gum. And bubble gum and you get to pick up like a hot pepper and he gets all mad and frustrated. And he just like goes <laughs> on a rampage. Like it was just enough goofiness for me as a kid to when I was sick of playing Sonic, I would play pick up play Quack Shot. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, it, it's a game I rented as a kid. I remember that much. Uh, I never owned it when I was younger, so I didn't play p- put that much time into it. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about a, a little bit about the gameplay. So, uh, 
Disney was, of course, very, very cognizant of violence and stuff mm-hmm. for their characters. So they didn't want Donald Duck like hauling off and slugging people, <laughs> right. which would have been a bit more accurate, but whatever. Yeah, he's a sailor, so fisticuffs. I mean, he's more even more than sailor, it's just he's angry. <laughs> well, I mean, when he gets that pepper, uh, he does, he does so, beat he does beat the crap out of people. So let's let's break each thing down. So so he has a gun that can launch out an infinite amount of plungers. Yep. And then throughout the game, you can augment them, and one allows you to uh, stick them into walls and yep. use them as platforms. And then another one lets you fire straight up, and you can like attach it to a bird and go flying yep. around, uh, which is you know it gives you but little uh, extra areas or whatever to to traverse and go through. Uh, and then otherwise, the the popcorn popcorn shots yeah. are like a spread shot, right? Yeah, from it's the like contra. a shotgun almost. Like it's a you press the button down, it shoots a quick spread. You like pick up corn. Like pieces of corn, like on a husk uh-huh. or on a cob. I mean, and, and then you shoot popcorn out of people, and it's like an instant kill, I guess. Like it, it not necessarily kill, but it, it hits it does them a lot of damage, and it knocks them out of the out of the map. Whereas the plunger, if you hit an enemy, I think it just stuns them. Oh yeah, you're right. It is a stun, and then and the... you can't touch them. You still get hurt. Oh, I thought you could walk through them. No, I don't think so. I think you still get hurt from them. Oh, maybe. I know, like, you can't jump on enemies. You get That's hurt. true. Yeah, you can't jump on enemies. You can't. Uh, I, I thought when you were stunned, you could walk through them, but maybe you can't. Uh, but uh, then you also have the bubble gum, which essentially is like a bubble shot, but it, uh, uh, like, breaks uh, barriers. Yes, yes. That's kind of the gimmick of that. And maybe it probably does a little bit more damage, too. Yeah. And then you have, basically, he's on the hunt for a treasure that he found, a treasure map of, in one of Uncle Scrooge's, um, or Scrooge McDuck's, um, like, diaries or this book or whatever and he's like oh i want to get this fancy treasure i'm gonna be richer than my uncle because all they care about is money yeah he it is funny that he he his his uncle scrooge has spent a lifetime gathering wealth and he thinks he's gonna get this one treasure yeah. and oust his uh, his uh his uncle well you know adjusted for inflation maybe <laughs> Maybe I kind of don't think so. Um, I mean, because Scrooge McDuck it doesn't have his money in stocks or anything. He's got it in gold. He has it in literally gold, like bullion, basically. Yeah. He has his own Fort Duck Knox in his house. Yeah, um, basically. He you travel through like Duckburg, which is great. Mm-hmm. India, Egypt, Transylvania. Wait, do you go to India? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, and you know what? You're right. You're yeah. right. I, I'm I'm sorry. I'm I'm making sure here in my notes. I uh, I just when I was going through a playthrough to refresh myself, I one of the notes I made is there's no Maharaja for uh, Mexico, and I was gonna call out the fact that they had or in Egypt. I in mean Egypt, yeah. Uh, and then, but now that you mentioned it, I think you're right. I think there is an India yeah, stage. Yeah, there's an India stage. The Egypt one I really enjoy. You go into a pyramid, and then like you're fighting like mummies. That's pretty cool. And stuff. Um, you also go to the. Uh, uh, North Pole or the South Pole. South Pole, a Viking ship. Uh, no, like around Norway or whatever. Um, where else? I'm missing a few others, I think. Uh, I don't know. We named a fair amount there. But each one is like the, the beginning of the game. You kind of just go to each one to explore. There's like three, I think, open up Duckburg, Mexico, and Transylvania. And then um, you have to get specific items to progress in each part. Yeah. So like I and I really appreciated like you you 
uh, go to uh, Mexico, yeah. and the the senorita or whatever is like, oh, you you need uh, this key. They took it back to Duckburg. Yeah. So then you fly to Duckburg, and then you can go inside. But then when you're inside, you go in, and you're like, Goofy, what are you doing here? And he's like, I was just wandering around, and I found this note. <laughs> <laughs> And so, it, sorry, Goofy takes a lot out of me. Goofy possessed you for a second there. Uh, <laughs> yuck. So, uh, so yeah, and then Goofy tells you, like, oh, by the way, guy, uh, Gyro Gearloose is uh, uh, looking for you, you yeah. know? And so then you go to Duckburg, and, you know, you, you get the plunger from Goofy, though, so now you can go to a new area in or Duckburg. you can climb in, in Duckburg. Mm-hmm. And, like, they have, like, these checkpoints where you can fly directly to them when you come back. Yeah. Which I thought was pretty innovative for the oh, game. Sure. It's almost like checkpoints uh, to mm-hmm. keep track of your progression and as you progress through the game and getting more things at one point there's like a soul that i think you gather like a viking soul uh, which is kind of creepy um you eventually get to the the main treasure and you have to fight this like pharaoh type guy pharaoh duck guy um, have you ever been to the end of the game? Uh, well, I, I myself know. Okay. I've watched this uh, walkthrough, though. It, it didn't remind me as much of a, uh, a pharaoh as like a Templar. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He throws swords. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's like the. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I got confused. Yes, he throws swords at you. Yeah, he's like he's almost looks like a uh, like an old crusader. Yeah, and like and there's also like a a, a zombie Viking boss. Yep. There's some weird kind of bosses really here and weird there. Stuff. And then there's also like the the carts and uh, like trolley or zipline level where like you're like jumping from things that like take you on an auto scroller yeah. kind of part. But yeah, the last boss, he's kind of intense. He like has magic powers and throws swords at you and causes rubble to cave in and stuff and i've gotten to the boss plenty of times my sega genesis the connection that i have it set up on is the coaxial setup Mm -hmm. um because i didn't have enough ports for my switch switcher okay and so the color is off and i'm only able to get black and white or like half of the color to work and so it's really hard for me to fight because i'm trying to find his hitbox and i can't tell because it's like color based (laughs) almost and and, the flash you can't see it i just lose all the time um well maybe when you get something better for your setup, you'll be able to. Yeah, hopefully, yeah, hopefully. Exactly. But the, I, I've gotten the the final boss plenty of times. I love this game. It's it's easy to play. I honestly think if you're trying to get into Sega platformers, this is a good starting instead point. Instead of going to like Aladdin or Lion King, some of those get pretty hard. At, oh, right off the, the bat, they're yeah. difficult. Yeah, I would I would go directly into this game. Just to kind of get the feel for what a Disney platformer is. Yeah, the this and uh, Castle of Illusion, yeah. like the the Illusion series, because uh, they made Castle of Illusion, then Quackshot, and then I think it was World of Illusion after. And those three games, they're really good. They did a very good job with them, and, and, and they may be a little easy, but that's okay. They, they, they hit the audience they needed to. Yeah, you know, and and another really interesting thing too is just the amount of Disney's like you know kind of influence over the game like you know like the tiger boss in uh uh india yeah when you're playing quack shot well you know who that is right it's the tiger from uh is that it, shawl Shere Khan. Shere Khan, yeah from, it is basically uh, yeah it's Shere Khan. i mean he also breathes fire which is kind of crazy right. but regardless yeah right. he it is Shere Khan. the snake enemies in the game look just, just like, like Ka. Yeah, yeah you know they're, they're it's so cool to see how they took all this like you know they're influence yeah, yeah they're different from the different properties and and i i think what's super charming about it is the fact that like 
Sega didn't really have to do that. They could have just no. been like, oh, well, whatever, enemies, whatever, it doesn't matter. But, you know, they, they knew that they had to play up to uh, Disney because they really wanted a good relationship with them. In fact, uh, do you know a little bit about the history of, like, before this game and stuff like that and no. how their partnership started? So, Because uh, this isn't on the SNES. No, it is it's not. It's just Sega. It is. Uh, so Sega had, at the time the Genesis was coming out, if you recall, there was a lot of licensed games. Like, all their sports games yeah, had different yeah. people uh, attached to them and stuff. And so uh, Sega needed somebody to be able to take down Mario. But who did they have? They didn't have anyone who had yeah. the recon- uh, the uh, the recognition of... Recognition. Recognition, thank you, of, of Mario. But do you know who did? Yeah, Mickey Disney, Mouse. Disney, Mickey Mouse. You know, so they went to uh, Disney. They got the game going. They did for, uh, uh, Castle of Illusion, and you know it was very successful. They did like a, a Master System slash Game Gear ver, uh, game, which was similar. And you know, so they uh, and there's even a Donald Duck platformer on Master System yeah, slash is. Game Gear, uh, which looks pretty charming. It looks really? pretty I never fun. Played it. Uh, I've not played it either, but it looked pretty good. Uh, but what's interesting is. Did you know that there's there was technically another Disney game that came out in between Castle of Illusion and uh, Quackshot? No. Fantasia. Do you know no. why you've never heard of it and why you've never played it? No. Why? It was pulled from the shelves. Why? What happened was is uh, I feel like I've seen it. I mean, you've probably seen stuff online about it, but it does it does not exist in the wild anymore. So like maybe you can find it online on eBay and uh-huh. stuff, but it's probably expensive. Uh, what happened was, is they started going through the game. Sega didn't make it. Sega contracted out another company. And the art looked phenomenal. The The game looked beautiful. Gameplay was a little iffy. But it ended up working out for Sega because what happened was, is they slapped it on shelves. Disney executives were like, this game needs to be out when we put the VHSs of Fantasia. Because in the early 90s, that was going to be the first release of Fantasia ever mm-hmm. outside of the theater. Apparently, what not every executive and high up in Disney knew, like uh, I believe it would have been Roy Disney, uh, Walt Disney never wanted uh, Fantasia to ever be licensed out because it was his like pet project, his dream, and he loved it so much. So what happened was, is Roy Disney found out and he was like, "Wait, you did what? You made a Sega game of this? No, that's not you know Walt Disney's wishes." And so he, they demanded they be pulled. Oh wow! But what worked out in their benefit is they paid Sega for any losses they would have had. God, millions of dollars probably. And to top it off, they gave them preferential treatment moving forward. Wow. So Sega ended up making out like a bandit because that game was going to turn out to be trash. Wow. Right? And I feel like that only built hype on Disney games at that point. Like, why are they pulling it back? I want to play this Disney game after the, the Mickey one came out. Mm-hmm. And so anything coming out afterwards, which would be Quackshot... Would sell immediately. Yep. Uh, Roy Disney uh, had an issue with that. And the only other thing I wanted to mention, which I, I didn't earlier because I, yeah. I was going off memory and not my notes, uh, the Donald Duck comics, uh-huh. they are number seven in the top 100 comics of all time. Wow. Uh-huh. I did according, not know that. According to uh, uh, Comic Journal's top 100 comics list. There's a lot of comics out. Also, another interesting note, uh, Lucas and Steel- Spielberg stole the rock 
uh, the rock trap thing from Indiana Jones. Yeah. Uh, it was originally in an old uh, uh, comic for uh, uh, like Scrooge or Donald Duck. Oh, really? They've admitted to it years later that they like were paying homage. That's hilarious. They basically ripped it off. Yeah. So like it's it's super. I mean, the comics hold up. They're worth looking into. Huh. Uh, and yeah, there, there's a lot of interesting history behind Quackshot and just, you know, how like Fantasia just didn't exist. They just pulled it from the shelves. And Fantasia was huge. Well, in the theaters. It was like a, it was like a weird like experience to go see. At least I remember as a child. Yeah, so so that's the weird thing is Fantasia when it first came out was a bomb. Oh, okay. It did not nobody was into it. Like, I mean, don't be wrong. There's there's an incredible amount of beauty to the art, the music. music. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So good. And, yeah, it's quite an experience. But, uh, yeah, Fantasia eventually re-released in theaters in the mid-'90s, I think. Mm-hmm. Maybe late-'90s. And, yeah, I mean, it's definitely an amazing movie. Uh, but when it first came out, people were not into really? it. I didn't know that. Mm. I, yeah, I just remember it being a big thing in, as a kid. Well, yeah, they made a big deal of it that it was like, you know, they it ran in theaters and then never has ever had, you know, mm-hmm. any VHS releases or anything. Of course, they wouldn't have had one back then because uh, the movie originally came out in 1940s. Oh, really? Okay. 40s, 50s? I forget that, like, they're so old because they just look great. Mm-hmm. I know it's it's paint, co- like, painted cartoons on yeah. cells, but I just, I forget how old Disney cartoons are. Oh, like. yeah. It's uh, uh, it's kind of crazy to think about. Uh, uh, oh yeah, 1940. 1940 was wow. fan- the original uh, when Fantasia first uh, released. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it, it like the art holds up so well, like the the Charnabog scene. Everything's and- ref- everything references Fantasia as far as cartoons go. Oh yeah, tons of cartoons reference it. The Simpsons reference Fantasia. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, it's uh, it's ridiculous. Uh, but I. Uh, but yeah, uh, uh, when it comes to, to Quackshot, which maybe is not quite as grand as like you know the creation of Fantasia. No, uh, but it's following right after this game that was <laughs> based pulled. on Fantasia. Yeah, and it vanished. Uh, but yeah, no, Quackshot, uh, they did an awesome job with. Uh, now, uh, Chops, do you happen to have any kind of speedrun info? On, I do. On, uh, so this uh, is a game that I, I kind of am, am half debating on whether or not I want to speedrun because I uh-huh. really like it that much. Uh-huh. Um, but there's only an any percent category. Okay. And it is uh, the the first place holder that is by this guy called Taco underscore Pi, P-I. How long do you think it took him to beat it? Uh, I don't know. I, I think the playthrough I watched was like an hour or something. So I'll, I'll say it's speedrunning it like maybe 45 minutes. It, he beat it in 23 minutes and 56 seconds. <laughs> it is a short game if you know what to do. Yeah, that's true. You pretty much just get to these gates, these spots in the game, get the item, go back to the other place, and it's all execution-based. It's all mm-hmm. muscle memory and making sure you're timing your plungers right. Um, and and I, I've contemplated like trying to practice speedrunning it. No, you definitely it's should. It's uh, it it is a, a really charming game. Yeah, it's it's definitely one that I think is like you know there's there's plenty of games out there. I'm sure you could probably find a game that nobody else is bothered with, and you could be like, all right, I'm beating it once and getting a record. Yeah, whoop de doo. Yeah, you know. But I uh, but with something like that, you know, Quackshot, you know, it's maybe not a game a ton of people are like jonesing to to take down and like become the number one Quackshot player. But like, it's a game that means a lot to you. 
You played it a lot when you were younger. You really enjoy it. It's fun. It's got, you know, a lot of really great history, a lot of cool things going for it. So, yeah, no, I, I think it's probably worth uh, uh, worth a playthrough. Yeah. The only frustrating part is the last boss, which has like a really fine hit bo- hitbox. Yeah. So well, just, uh, maybe, it's, it's, hard for me maybe to... it's not as, as hard as you think it is. It's just maybe you it's can't not. see it. I just can't see it. I, uh, but I, uh, yeah, the, uh, the, the game all in all is, is, you know, really, really gorgeous. Uh, but, uh, as far as that goes, uh, uh, chops, is there anything else you wanted to chat about before I start bringing up the music? The only thing was that at the time when it came out, it was, it had very good release, uh, reviews on its release. Uh, but overall people just thought it was too easy of a game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I can see that cause there were a lot of, a lot of hard Sega platformers, and I think that yeah. was kind of what it was known for. It was these challenging platforming games from like um, Aladdin and Lion King to um, oh, what am I blank? I'm blanking on um, Kid Chameleon. Like mm-hmm. he, there was enough on there that that really challenged like your hardcore gamer. But yeah. this being a Disney property, like. And and I know that doesn't necessarily go so much for the movies, but this being a more I think child audience, whereas oh, sure. like Aladdin, Lion King, and those games are more at the like teenage, like young teen audience. Yeah. Um, this game is pretty easy apparently because of its floaty controls. I I can definitely see that. I I don't think there's necessarily anything inherently wrong with an easier game no. uh, if as it's long done as you right. Enjoy it. Yeah, you know, and and I think this is a kind of the kind of game where yeah, it's a little easier. Uh, you know, because I mean that's one of the things Sega set out to do was to make a game that is a little bit more accessible for a younger audience yeah, because you make more money. Well, yeah, more more people buying it, more people playing it means more money. Yeah, for sure. I. Uh, but uh, as far as that goes, yeah, the uh, I, I think that you know you're 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 gonna. It, I would say that if 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 you're looking for a game for somebody younger, or you're looking for a more relaxing platformer, yeah. this is definitely uh, uh, one for you. This is the way to go. Yeah, I think so. But uh, I tell you what, uh, chops, let's go ahead. We're gonna take a break. Hear a word from our sponsor, and we'll jump into the music after that. Hey, it's me, everybody, Tim Kittrow. I'm here to talk to you about Old School Gamer. Old School Gamer is the magazine for gamers. It covers arcade and retro gaming, gives you gaming history and in-depth interviews with people like me who are there, and it lets you know what conventions are happening and when. Issues come out once every other month. Plus, a website full of even more razzle-dazzle, and it's all for just 30 bucks a year. So visit OldSchoolGamer.com and subscribe now. Whoa, boom Right, so the music in Quackshot was composed by uh, Shigenori Kamiya, uh, who also worked on Castle of Illusion, starring Mickey Mouse, and also Legend of Illusion, starring Mickey Mouse, which was on the uh, uh, Master System in the the Game Gear. Oh, okay. Uh, Honestly, uh, Kamiya... Uh, there, there's a little bit of kind of interesting stuff on the side to Kamiya, uh, uh, which is worth bringing up, but maybe not necessarily like, you know, diving too deep into. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kamiya uh, was real big into the synthesizer. Apparently, uh, uh, Kamiya had his own company and would do like commercial, like commercials and stuff. Oh, okay. Uh, and like was big in, into using the synthesizer. Uh, what's kind of interesting is there is a song because he did the soundtrack to this like real weird uh, movie years before, like maybe even even as early as like 1980 or something like that. 
and uh, uh, it's it's real kind of weird. Uh, but uh, uh, are you looking it up? I, I'm about to uh, bring something up on it just in case we want to uh, take the time here and uh, give it a listen. Oh, okay. Uh, but like, it's this weird like techno-y song he did. And it sounds a lot like DuckTales. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, and so uh, uh, as far as that goes, if you would like to uh, 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 give it a listen here, if I can find it and track it down, uh, we can definitely do that. Uh, let's see. The album is called Moo, M-U. Uh, I thought it was for a soundtrack. Maybe it was just an album he did. Uh, it's a song called UFO Dance. Do you want to uh, sure. give that a listen? All right. Yeah. So we're going to listen to UFO Dance. This is from uh, uh, his uh, album uh, Moo from 1980. Uh, and the, the album cover is like this Sphinx in space and stuff. It's real crazy looking. Uh, we're going to go ahead and... Sphinx is in space on this cover, cover album? It's space, 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 space. I mean, not that Sphinx, but oh, Sphinx. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, but I, uh, yeah, we're gonna give it a listen. It sounds real weird, but once we listen to duck, the the Duckburg theme, I think that uh, you'll make a connection here. Okay. So let's go ahead and give it a listen. It's pretty great, right? It's like disco. It is super disco. Uh, so we have that. God, and why aren't we starting a disco podcast? We, you, me, and Sphinx probably could. Yeah, we totally could. <laughs> I know nothing about disco, honestly, except for that I love disco. <laughs> right? It's all we need. So uh, so that's what we uh, had from uh, uh, Kamiya uh, back in 1980. Now let's listen to the Duckburg theme. Okay. reminiscent right a little bit a little bit yeah so this was those were both done by uh the, the same person I just, there i love the 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 giddiness of that of that track and just the upbeat that the, the boom, boom, 
the bass line to oh, it. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's just so much fun. It, it is. A, that, that's probably my favorite song uh, uh, from the game. Oh, yeah. Uh, but uh, you also had uh, another uh, couple of songs to uh, play here. So we have yeah. Mexico. Uh, so this is the song, of course, that plays in the country of Mexico when Donald Duck goes there. So let's give this a listen. fun track it's it's very like wacky carnival and this is much more reminiscent of sega sounds like typical sega mm-hmm. music i think than the previous duckburg was i think so yeah duckburg sounds completely different than your typical sega music T- yeah this t- is more tinny that has a harshness to it yeah it definitely does you can certainly tell that you know there is that little extra maybe edge to it almost yeah and i don't know why there's you get that mix I guess maybe I mean I'm assuming it's it's it could be file size. It could be the amount of data that it takes to get that like Duckburg synthesizer because that's more in depth. Um, but, I mean it's yeah. it's t- it's just so tough for for Sega because like when the music is good on the Sega Genesis, it's, it's phenomenal. phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, it's great. But when it's bad, it could be real bad. Yeah, it could be ear bleeding bad. Definitely, there are times when that happens, and and it's just whether they knew what to do with the sound chips that the second mm-hmm. Genesis had. Uh, but uh, I tell you what, let's go ahead and listen to this. Is another track that you wanted? Yeah, uh, minecarts and ziplines. Yes, yes. So this is the the track that plays when you're flying around the screen, right? Yep. All right, let's give it a listen. So with this track, I, I like that it's very fun and poppy, uh, but the the first time I can remember you hearing this track is in Duckburg, uh-huh. and I love the imagery of the, uh, the kind of night sort of setting in, yeah. but it's still like pinkish-orange backgrounds yeah, and stuff. Pretty. Very, yeah, the, the backgrounds of this game are very good, and I mentioned it offhandedly offhanded earlier but i wanted to make sure to bring it back up and drive home that point that like even the background art just looks really good in this right. game uh but yeah i love how fun and poppy the song is and there and this song also builds a lot of tension with the rampingness the the continuous beats mm-hmm. um which I, I think is perfect for these type of levels where you're like timing your jump to the next platform and then if you miss you 
die. Like that, you just start yeah. over. So with these type of games, that's the perfect type of music. Build tension, build stress, mm-hmm. so that the player like is is fighting to make sure that they're doing things right. I, I love that. Yeah, they they did they do a really good job with that. I uh, now uh, as far as that goes though, I have one more song that I want to go ahead and have us uh, listen to. And this is the end credit uh, music. This is the credit roll. So, you know, Donald and Daisy are like flying through the sky in a biplane because, of course, why wouldn't they? Right. And uh, let's go ahead and give it a listen. like the quest is over with a song like that it does do you know what song that it kind of copies off of what's that um i'm looking it up real quick here so there's a song that that reminds you of or you feel like it copies it i think it it copies it pretty well it is the Superman song in the oh. Superman or the Christopher Reeves movies. You're right. It's da, very da, similar. Yeah, wow. You're yeah. right. It's very similar. Very similar. Huh. I, you know, it's funny. I, I listened to it and liked it, and I, I didn't really... And it sounded, I guess, vaguely familiar, but I didn't really put uh, uh, much much thought into it yeah. or anything. Interesting, and and I get it. That's the he's a hero. That's they're kind of evoking that yeah. that kind of theme, and and that's an iconic theme from Superman. If you, I mean, I guess kids these days may not know that that music from that movie because it's been out a long time. It's probably been used in other things though. You think so? Maybe. I, don't know I mean, I've heard it in anything else. I mean, I I don't think like you know officially, but like probably like I don't know YouTube videos or something like that Maybe, or you know, know i don't know but yeah it, to me it epitomizes that hero sound oh yeah for sure is that is that a john williams score i don't know i'll look it up yeah i'm not sure if um the superman movies were done by uh, john williams or not he's done so many movies it's hard to say i uh, but uh i tell you what though uh chops the the uh the music is definitely fun. It's, you know, pretty great for a second Genesis game. But I uh, did want to ask you. Yes. What uh, uh what would you say uh is sort of the, you know, your your takeaway from Quackshot? Like what are your final thoughts on the game? Hmm. My f- John Williams, it is John Williams. Oh, good. Good, good here. I'm not crazy. Um if you're looking for a, a great platform introduction into the Sega Genesis and to Disney games, because 
during the lifetime of the Sega Genesis, Disney games were the games to get, mm -hmm. this would be the perfect introduction for you. That, yeah. that, that's my lasting bit is that play this first before you get into other games, even even before the Mickey ones. Like Those ones are really, really good, but this is a really nice introduction into those games. Yeah. No, absolutely. I, the only thing I can think to add to that is probably about six or seven words. It's a little hard to tell. And I love Donald Duck. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> I love Donald Duck so much. I. Uh, what do you say, uh, Chops? Let's jump into our Retro Relapse. Let's do it. Jones in for a classic game. It's time for Retro Relapse on the Legend of Retro Podcast. Retro Relapse. Chops. Craig WK. <laughs> so, uh, it's, it's not often the glitch brings us a fun game. It's very much rare that he brings us a fun game. Mm -hmm. But I think that uh, I he did pretty well with Tiny Toon Adventures, Buster's Hidden Treasure did for the he, Sega Genesis. Did he pick this one or did Xander pick this one? I would love to give credit to the glitch for this just to, to throw him a yeah, bone, but maybe I, it was Xander. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember either. Uh, I But I think this was a game he uh, glitch had chosen, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I could we'll be see. crazy. Uh, I think you are crazy. I well, I am in general. Yeah, in yeah, I certainly am. There's no two ways about that. Uh, but yeah, so this was uh, 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 the uh, the first Tiny Toons game that came out on the Sega Genesis. Uh, it's a platformer. I think the other one that came out on Sega Genesis was like a sports game or something, like a mini game collection or something. I think this I is the know. only platformer Tiny Toons game. I, I, I'll be honest. I'm very much. Not tuned into the Tiny Toons, <laughs> no pun intended, uh, games. I'm not, oh, really? I'm not really dialed into those. I really liked the show when I was a kid. I really enjoyed the show, and I rented the, the video games quite a uh, few times. Uh, this one I wasn't as familiar with as the Super Nintendo one, which uh, we did cover uh, on uh, Legend of Retro, Buster Bust Loose yes. on Legend of Retro, so make sure to check that out, of course. But, uh, yeah, as far as the... the the uh, Tiny Toons game on the Sega Genesis. There's similarities to the Super Nintendo one, but it does have enough differences. Basically, the presence or the uh, the premise premise. Thank you of uh, this game is that uh, Montana Max is up to no good. Buster has to. I don't oh, know, beat Montana him up. Max! Coop, coop, coop. Yeah, he's is basically that, he's that, the Yosemite right? Sam yeah. character. Yeah. Uh, well, in tar nations. Why did you pour ink on my head? <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you you wander around the the map. Uh, Go Go Dodo is like your your like waypoint marker or something yeah. like that. Or maybe he takes you out of the levels. I think he took you out of the something levels. Like that. And uh, yeah, it's it's pretty standard platforming fare. But the controls are pretty good. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's uh, it feels like a Sonic game because you go really fast. You do go really fast, but I will say the level. The levels I feel like aren't set up for you to go really no, fast. No, no, it's like purposefully annoying. Kinda. Where there's like cans in the ro in the road for you to trip over and like things to run into. I don't know if it's one of those things where they just expect you to get good enough that you can dodge everything, or if it's just you're not no, supposed to go that fast. I, I think it's just because Tiny Tunes are wacky and that cartoon is super weird. Oh, Lots yeah, of crazy weird. stuff happens. Yeah, for sure. But they just they just went ham with it mm -hmm. that's probably that, the that's case. what i would think they went overboard with the we're gonna put this here oh there's a sand waterfall oh you can go into it and go down below like 
Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, if you're running super fast and you trip and you hit this can, you stop immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so that can be a little annoying, but so long as you know how to go about the game the way it wants yeah. you to, I think that it's pretty fun, you know? Yeah, you collect carrots, there's power-ups like to make you invincible. Mm-hmm. There's not... It, it It's your standard platformer, I think, for the Sega. It's kind of an interesting uh, juxtaposition we have where we have like Quackshot, which is like a Disney uh, uh, fairly simple platformer. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, maybe not fairly simple, but like fairly easy, you know, pretty introductory. Yeah. yeah, pretty straightforward. A little bit of adventuring going go back and forth and stuff. Uh, but in this case, we have the other side, Warner, Warner Brothers, Brothers side of things. And, uh, you know, uh, we have the Tiny Toons characters instead of Donald Duck and whatnot. So it's just sort of an interesting kind of uh, switch up here. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed the game a lot. And, 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 you know, maybe it's partially just because I love Tiny Toons when I was a kid or whatever. But, like, you know, the the little bits of dialogue you see, the the music, it all is, is very nostalgic for me. Uh, but what would you say on the 8-bit scale would you give this game? I'd probably give it like a 6 out of 8. I think that's pretty fair. I'd probably say a 6.5 yeah. out of 8. I, 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 there's a part of me that wants to just drop a nice 7 on it, but I feel like, well... It's your nostalgia coming Yeah, through. it's the nostalgia. If we're if we're if we're not checking the nostalgia at the door, it probably gets a seven out of eight for yeah. me. But yeah, it's probably more likely for me a six and a half out okay. of eight. Okay. All right. That's not bad. No, I, yeah, I mean, it's it pretty does, good. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't play it. Oh no, absolutely. Yeah, you should definitely uh give it a shot. I, I would I would if you much like we recommended Quackshot, if you're looking for more platformers on the Sega Genesis and you have not played this one, definitely give it a look. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh but I tell you what, Chops, uh, let's go ahead and uh, dive into our music bracket. Hey, everyone. This is The Glitch here to bring you this week's music bracket. Uh, as you know, we record these episodes in advance. So at the time of the recording, we actually didn't know what matchups were going head-to-head this week. So here I am bringing you a really tough one, I think. We have, from the Ocarina of Time, Zelda's Lullaby. Uh, of course, composed by the amazing Kojo Kondo. Uh, Zelda's Lullaby has beaten a lot of really great songs, uh, including Proto's Man with a theme. I, I didn't understand how it got past that, but let's give uh, Lullaby a listen.
amazing stuff. And so now that is going up against from Street Fighter to Ken's theme. Uh, of course, this one composed by Yoko Shiramura and Ishio Abe. Ken's theme also defeated some pretty tough competition. Magus's theme. I mean, the list goes on. But here we go. Here's Ken's theme to finish out the final four of the music bracket. So there you have it, your final four, uh, last two entries, and then after that we're in the finals. So make sure you're getting in your votes. Uh, some of these are getting really close. I'm going to now send it back to Chops and Craig, who will explain the different ways in which you can vote for the music bracket. At this stage of the game, this late in the uh, brackets, it's like I feel like anyone's game. I've given up predicting. <laughs> I, I, do, I can't tell where things are going to go because this whole bracket so far has just been crazy. I do feel like there have been a, a few times where I've been like, wait, is this person still winning? Yeah, like, is this still happening? Is this happening? Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. And, and I wouldn't say that like any one interaction has uh, gone wrong, like completely off the rails or anything where I thought, oh, this is stupid. Why is this one winning? They're oh, all great things. No, I thought that the whole time. Oh, well, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. What, why are you... Do you want me to say why? I mean, I guess, is it a spoiler for like our previous Patreon special we did? Yes. If you want to know about Chops' feelings on this matter, <laughs> join our Patreon and go ahead and go back to... What would it have been? June? June of 2019? Uh, you're, you're asking me when I remember something is. But I tell you what, Chops, uh, while we're on the subject of Patreon, uh, I want to talk about the ways people can vote on the brackets. Yeah, while you're there signing up to become a Patreon member, yeah. you can get the ability to vote in this bracket. An extra time. An extra time for a dollar, right? Uh, yeah, for as low as $1 a month. If you go to patreon.com slash gamezilla media, you can uh, sign up for a dollar a month and uh, you get access to that. 
Uh, on top of that, though, you have voting on our Facebook page, yep. Twitter account, yep. and if you're a member of our Discord, if you yes. go to GameZillaMedia.com, we have a link for our Discord. You can chat with us about retro games, let us know what we missed about uh, Quackshot, how you feel about it. Uh, just go ahead and uh, join up and chat with us there. But uh, on top of that, we have a lot of perks for Patreon. Yeah, if you become a $5 or more member, you get access to special content from each show on the network. For us, it's our Game Shark episode that comes out monthly mm-hmm. for Last Action Podcast. I think post-credit post- sequence. Yeah, post-credit scene. And um, so there's tons of extra shows, content on Patreon that we do for people who are able to contribute to us and help keep the the place going. Yeah, absolutely. And even uh, at the dollar mark, we almost forgot uh, the videos of us playing these retro relapses. Yeah, early. So long as we didn't have a guest, yep. they'll appear on uh, Sundays instead of the day the episode airs on Thursdays. Yeah, so you get to see our anguish, our joy. Mostly anguish. Yeah, I was going to say, the joy is a question mark for a reason. Yes. Uh, Anguish is more like it. It's way more often. Uh, But yeah, absolutely go ahead and uh, uh, join us on there. But uh, aside from that, though, I think we've uh, covered just about everything here today. we wrapped it up. I think that uh, we'll see everyone next time when When the the legend continues. continues.